Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And Father, now we ask that you would open our hearts and minds, make us truly grateful for all that you have given to us. We take for granted, sometimes fail to notice. We ask that even now, our hearts would be open and you would fill them anew. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I was touched when I found that Abraham Lincoln proclamation for Thanksgiving. It could have been written yesterday. It would have applied just perfectly to our own time. And so what that says, of course, is that the times we're in are nothing new. The challenges we face are the same. And God willing, we will ride that pendulum back to where we have, a, as a nation, a greater dependence upon our faith in God and that we might have a, a deeper respect for one another. And there might be a, a sense of, of deep and abiding gratitude for all that, all that we have and all that we enjoy. You know, the Apostle Paul said we are to be grateful in all circumstances. That can be very tough, very difficult, because all circumstances are not very pleasant. We lose loved ones. We... We encounter financial hardships. We have illnesses. But it was the apostle who said he's learned to be content in richness and in poverty and in in sickness as well as in health. And so that is rooted and grounded in a life that is characterized by a deep gratitude, which theologian Karl Barth calls the source of of deep joy. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the 95th Psalm. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for he made it, for his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he is our God. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. About 365 million years ago, give or take, two aquatic uh, creatures, we'll call them fish, somehow encountered one another in a lake in Scotland. And these two fish, I don't know what they did. Maybe they saw each other across the room. 
Maybe their eyes caught one another. But the first time in all biological history, two entities, two biological entities came together and gave rise to a distinct third entity. It was not something that was a result of just hiving off some cells or parthenogenesis or whatever those biological terms are for the replication of life before life was replicated the way it has been replicated for the last 380 or 64 or however many millions of years it's been. But at that moment, a, a remarkable and unique occurrence came about that gave rise to, to that which was the, the binding of genetic material that gave that, that new life form greater strength than others. And that new life form, swimming around in that lake, saw another, and one thing after another, and so on and so it goes. And when we think about it, how much of life is swirling around, circling around that core reality of love, of people encountering encountering one another. I love it when I see young people just so full of life. I saw a couple out at Mercado, Mercado not too long ago, just a beautiful couple. And I stopped and I just said, You know, you two are just such a handsome couple. They smiled and said, thank you. I said, have babies. (laughs) And so it is. We have as the core reality of so much of life, love. Think about all of the work that goes into pairing in the human in the human race. All of the grooming, all of, uh, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, how many, how many industries would completely collapse, fall apart, if we weren't trying to look better, smell better, at least for the guys, <laughs> be more attractive, to, to replicate this, this great universal dance of love? What an amazing thing that the middle of life, the core of life is love. And around that love is the formation of communities. I always love talking with my youngest daughter out in Oregon. Every now and then I'll FaceTime with her and we're constantly being interrupted by those three boys, three blonde-haired, blue-eyed little demons, every single one of them. And we can't be on the phone for more than 10 minutes and a fight breaks out or something gets broken or somebody is supposed to get down from someplace where they are. And it, it's just a wonderful thing that is the core of community. And then in the cul-de-sac where they live is people who care for one another and love one another. And they have a church that they attend and it's the middle of the life of that church is a mutual care and and how, how grateful we are that the middle of life, the middle of all of life, is this, this throbbing reality of love. 
C.S. Lewis says that reciprocity, or love one another as I have loved you, or do unto others as, as you would have others do unto you, that reciprocity, he says, is universal. Universal. And what a joy that that is the real middle of all of life. Now, Thanksgiving, of course, is Thursday. And some are being told to kind of hold back on that love. Keep your distance. Wear the mask. Out in California, there are guidelines about what, how many people you can have over. And there's even been talk about some enforcements. I, I just heard this. I don't know if it's true. But some enforcements in L.A. County of, of uh, people, cops going around or whatever and seeing how many cars are parked out in front. And it's crazy. The problem with this COVID is that we cannot not love one another. We just can't do it. It's one of the problems with church. We come together and we, we, can't, we can't not love one another. We have a hard time keeping our hands off of each other. We just got to do it. And that, that core reality is what makes life so very special and gives us a, a deep and abiding sense of, of, of real gratitude. And of joy. All the other stuff kind of fades by comparison. And you know how it is when something happens in, in your life when love is threatened, when a loved one is lost to us. I received a, a message on Facebook this week from a dear friend of mine who's a pastor up in Sarasota. And he, as a grandfather, was so close to his grandson, he was like a father because that grandson's father took off at some point when he was young. And it turns out that this boy who was up at University or Florida State was tragically killed by a, a drunk driver. And I heard this word from my dear brother, Ben Jacobson, who's a retired pastor. But he included in his message to me these words, I am grateful for the 22 years we had. In the midst of his grief, he was able to identify, because of the love that they shared, a deep and abiding gratitude. Even though those expectations, the expectations that certainly he would be predeceased by his grandchildren, much less his children, that that expectation was, was grievously violated. And so he was, he was so grateful, unconsciously expressing that to me. He wasn't trying to do a preachment at me. He was just talking in his message to me. So when we encounter the realities of the potential of loss, how, how very deep that cuts, how powerful that is. So how critical it is that we maintain a deep and profound gratitude toward one another. And Thanksgiving is just one more occasion to do that.
I read one comment from some, someone out in California said that when his aunt showed up, what was he supposed to do, throw some turkey at her from the window? <laughs> Silliness. And we must, however, do what we must to show love, to care for one another, given the realities that none of us ever would want to be responsible for passing a sickness on to anyone else of whatever kind. But it is reminiscent. It's tough in this country because, as we, as we know, this country was founded in individual freedom. Not a collective freedom. Not the freedom of the community, but the freedom of the individual to form community and to reinforce those freedoms as community. And it's, it's so difficult. Coming out of Europe, where it was the divine right of kings, coming here becomes the divine right of the individual. And I noticed in Lincoln's statement, he invited all Americans. He didn't tell. <laughs> That's one, th one way to get nothing done, is to tell Americans what to do. <laughs> Doesn't work. Invite, ask, Persuade, absolutely, to honor the other. But to tell, that's just, that's not our way. Just not our way. Remember the story in the book of Daniel about how the king built a huge statue and one of the king's emissaries got up and said, all right, everyone has to bow down to this statue. You have to bow down. If you don't bow down into the fiery furnace, you go. Well, <laughs> there were some Jews there. They don't bow down to any statue. They don't bow down to any graven image. They bow down to God and God alone. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the fiery furnace they went. And, of course, the Lord saved them there because they refuse to bow down. But it, it's a reminder of how we are. Because as a free people, as a people who have this great legacy that, that is rooted in our faith in God, well, we've got to be asked. We've got to be invited can't be told. Because who is in such a position to tell us what to do? And we will gladly comply. We'll follow the laws. But there are ways of doing things. Because we bow down to the Lord our God. And in that little verse that I read, he is presented to us as, as rock of our salvation, as our king, rock of our salvation, he is the foundation. It's, God is the, the floor of all things. We go far enough down, and there's not nothing there. There is God there. He is the rock. He's the rock of our salvation. He's the one who saved us. He's our king, king over all gods. He is our maker, and in his hand are the oceans. In his hand also are the mountains. 
He's the one who made us. He is our source. We have sprung forth from him, not from two fish in Scotland, (laughs) but from our God. And he is our shepherd. He is with us. He knows us by name. He guards us. He guides us. And so that, that little psalm has a deep and profound theology in it that reminds us of our reliance upon him. And it is, into, it is to him that we are to be thankful. And as we are a thankful people, acknowledging the reality that love is in the middle of all of our lives, in the middle of all things, as we nurture love, we know a deep and abiding joy that carries us through all circumstances. And yet, we don't ordinarily feel thankful. We don't go around just kind of being thankful. We're especially thankful if something happens that we don't anticipate or that exceeds our expectations. And what happens if something doesn't meet our expectations, we get a little grouchy, grinchy at this time of year. And and so it's, it's critical, it's vital for us to nurture a mentality that is rooted and grounded in, in deep Gratitude for all things and at all times so that we can see with wonder everything that is around us. There shouldn't be a day that goes by where we're not overwhelmed by its beauty, touched by its mercy. So when I was pastor up in Michigan, it was a tradition that I had. On my birthday... I would take the family out, and we'd have a fancy dinner together. And I told my kids, well, they'd ask me what I want for Christmas or for my birthday. I said, just hugs and kisses from my kids. That's all I want. And uh, even to this day, they know that that's that's the ritual that we go through. And so they know I want hugs and kisses. I didn't get them this year, doggone it, but... uh, They know that that's what I want. But we went to the Amway Grand up in Grand Rapids. Fancy hotel, fancy restaurant up at the top. And we had this, we sat down, we had this magnificent view out to the west, and we could barely make out Lake Michigan out to the west. And had a a wonderful meal. Except the service was lousy. Remember this woman who was waiting our table? And, and she was just, I don't know, something going on. She was just grouchy. She was short with the kids, and she was um, late and kind of put the plates down kind of hard. And, I mean, you, that, that whole thing, when, you're, when you know that there is a mood going on with your, with your waitress or waiter. Now, now, we're at a fancy place. I have expectations that this is supposed to be the best food, the best service, the best view, the best of everything. There at the Amway Grant. So the bill came. I did the requisite 20%. 
But I, and I sent, I sent everyone down to the car, and, and I wanted to have words with the, with the manager. So I called for the manager. She was off working. She was doing what she had to do. And I called for the manager, and I just said, you know, something's wrong with that waitress. She did. Well, she was just rough with us. She was, it was just not a good experience because of the waitress. And he looked down. And he looked at me. And he just, oddly enough, he said, sir, what, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm, I'm pastor at Christ Memorial down in Holland. He said on Tuesday, she lost her mother. And on Thursday, she had a miscarriage. We brought her in so that we could put a love on her, given all that she'd been through. I said, thank you. And I went over to her and I said, I am so sorry. I gave her a hug. Here I am, pastor of a 4,000 member church down in Holland, Michigan, of three beautiful children, a nice home, and all that stuff. And I'm going to be grouchy about something of that sort. We learn the hard way oftentimes. Most of the lessons that I've had to learn in life have been hard lessons. But when expectations aren't met, I have my standards. I had my expectations. How silly. How silly. She was serving. I was receiving. She was the one washing our feet. And I was not grateful. Well, you get the point. In all things, in all circumstances, we be thankful to God thankful for one another. Try to be accommodating of one another when we're going through difficult times. Try to embrace one another no matter what's going on. Try to listen long. Try to understand. And try to serve. Be grateful. You join me in prayer. And so we thank you, Lord. And we bow down to you. And may our bowing down not simply be a contrite act for a moment, but an act for all of life. So that in all ways and in all things, we might be grateful, deeply grateful, for all that you've given not the least of which is the breath
that we have. It was granted because of acts of love. We thank you, O Lord, and we ask that we might be a thankful people. In your name we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.